Father, lead today, speak today, have your way, we pray. And everyone in the house said, Amen. Amen. Cool. Um, I'm reminded of a couple of weeks ago when I spoke and uh, that I, I really love the ministry time, the impartation time. Uh, I spoke about that all of us uh, are ready, are capable of praying for people, of bringing words of encouragement, bringing a prophetic word that, that breathes life, of laying our hands on the sick, of delivering people from, you know, evil spirits and demons. We're all capable of doing that because the power of the living God lives inside of us. And there was, we had that beautiful ministry time where there were some people here um, that were all holding hands together and, and just being imparted with the gift of being able to heal and to lay hands. And there were people over here that were being imparted the gift of being able to receive words of encouragement and life and, and prophetic words and even the Father heart of God to, to feel and operate out of the Father heart of God because it shifts and changes. Yeah, I, I see that in my wife often. You know, We were talking about someone recently and just sharing about something that had happened and my thoughts always like I can't believe they did that you know wow what were they thinking whereas Mel operates in the father heart of God immediately I have to work there and she's like you know I thought about that and I wonder in life what that person's been through to bring them to that place where they do that I need to walk and journey with them to heal them so they don't do that again you know, and so even that, that was being imparted a couple of weeks ago. So I, I love the ministry time. For the, so for those of you that, that came forward to receive prayer and impartation, be encouraged. Now this is where you step out in faith, or even better, in saying be encouraged, encourage. You know, step out in courage and just do that stuff. Just do it. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for the bell from heaven. To come, I've got a bell in my office that says ring for coffee. Yeah? yeah, and I'm telling you, I ring it all day. And whenever I'm here, coffee never comes. <laughs> like, I've walked past Jen's office, prayed for you know that hearing maybe it's the hearing, <laughs> nothing. My wife's in the office, nothing. The bookkeeper comes, <laughs> nothing. There are just some things in life you've got to step out and do. Don't wait for the bell, yeah? If I want a coffee, I've learnt I've got to get up and I've got to go make it myself. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? So when it comes to people who are unwell and praying for them and stuff, step out in what's been imparted to you, yeah? And do it. So anyway, a scripture jumped out at me this week. In fact, it was, it was really just one word of a passage of scripture, one one word. So for some of you, this, the, my next statement might be glorious. This could possibly be the shortest message I've ever preached at Mount Clear. You know? <laughs> so I've done my best to work overnight to stretch it out. <laughs> but I, First Thessalonians came up in some of my devotional reading and um, I'll read it to you. So First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18... And my devotional was in the NIV. Oh, well, it was actually in the King James, but I'll read it in the NIV. And it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Now, I would suggest that most of us, 
except for those that have not walked with the Lord for some time. But most of us who consider ourselves to be Bible-believing Christians would know that passage. Yeah. But it's the older King James Version that was in my devotional that stood out. Stood out like wow, it stood out. It was like that bell was ringing. Yeah, and. Verse 16 in the King James Version actually reads, Rejoice evermore. The rest is practically the same. Pray without ceasing and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's obvious that we're supposed to be people that rejoice. It's obvious that we're supposed to be you know, people that pray without ceasing. It's obvious that we're supposed to be people that give thanks in everything because it says that this is God's will for us. Yeah. So if you struggle with that, I can't help you because it's for you, yeah? But what stood out to me was the word evermore. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. When I think of always, always doesn't pack the same punch as evermore. Love your wife always. Oh, dear Fred. You know, like, I know that. Love your wife evermore. It just feels like it, it goes past my lifetime, you know? Like it goes past the point of death. Love her evermore. So I'm reading this and it's like rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. So I want to play on the word evermore. I, I, want, to, I want to have a look at that and I want to have a look at other scriptures because there's just more to the word evermore. Because when I read it, it's like rejoice forever, Yeah? It's, it's not what I feel like it's saying. It's not rejoice always. Rejoice always seems really nice. And again, this is me. I've learned now that I, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. So rejoice always. That's nice. But rejoice evermore. Rejoice forever. It's like, dude, you, you, you really, you know, you, you're putting a contract on this thing. You know, it just seems so, just so, it seems like the weight of responsibility comes with that word. Yeah. And, and then it's not just, forever or ever it's evermore it's like this goes past our day-to-day lives and then there's more to rejoice about rejoice forever and then there's more rejoice ever more what is there so much to rejoice about that there's constantly more i i figure that we're rejoicing because we're saved I figure that we're rejoicing because Jesus died on a cross for us. I figure that we're rejoicing because God loved us so much that he sent his son that we can sit in this room claiming to have relationship, personal relationship with him. Amen for that. But it's like rejoice evermore, forever. So rejoice with that forever. And now there's more. More than we can imagine. More than we can possibly imagine to rejoice about. So in the middle of your really yucky situations in life, there's... Not just stuff to rejoice about, there's even more to rejoice about, yeah? No matter what we go through or face. So why should we be a people that rejoice forever? And how, how can he say that there's more? Like, how can God say that, that there's more? You know, I spoke about it just a few, a few moments earlier. A couple of weeks ago, you know, we prayed in this room and believed in this room that we are all qualified to walk and talk as ambassadors of God, as his hands and his feet you know, extended. 
You know, that we're all qualified to pray, to heal, to prophesy, to encourage, to uplift. It's not the piece of paper. It's not the seminary. It's not the prophetic school. They're there to help, you know, to put some padding on what God's showing you from people that have been there and gone there before us, yeah? We're all capable of being Jesus to those around us. We're all qualified, but what is it that we're rejoicing forever? What, why is it that he can say there's more, evermore? This word evermore. Because I just I'm just I'm telling you, it's more than the word always. It's just more than the word always. So Ephesians, I want to take you on a journey today. And these are my thoughts. Ephesians 2:20. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that He planned for us long ago. So last a couple of weeks ago I said we just have to be who we're meant to be. We just have to be who we're meant to be. And so we go back to this question, why should we rejoice forever? Why should we rejoice in such a way that no matter what happens in our life, we're rejoicing? No matter what. Think of something bad, worse than that. No matter what. yeah. Because regardless of what we've been through in life, the reality of things is that there's probably someone else in the world that has experienced something Far worse than what we have, regardless of the magnitude of what it is that we've experienced. The reality of it, yeah? So what is it that we're, that we're, we're rejoicing about? And this is why I think we need to have a really close look at some, some scripture. And, and again, we need to take to heart, more so take ownership yeah, of all that we are and all that we've become and all that we're meant to be in Jesus. Is that okay? So yes... It's his will for us to rejoice. We read that in verse 18. But I do think, like everything else in God, there is just more to it for us to look at. There's just more to it. And here, I'll tell you why I believe we're told to rejoice always, to rejoice evermore. This is what I think. Because it can change. Your circumstance, your season, your stuff can change. And not only that, we have been given the power to change it. Because this for me just sort of shifts things a little bit. The stuff that we're going through can change and you have the power inside you to change it. Not the circumstance... Not the sickness, maybe, but you have the ability and the power within you to change it because we have the fullness of the living God living inside of us, don't we? Yeah? The fullness of the living God living inside of us. And, and I want to suggest that the stuff that happens in our life and in people's lives that we go with, that we're not supposed to go with. The stuff that happens in people's lives that we're supposed to step into and change for them on their behalf with him, with God. Amen? See, the power lives inside of us. It's inside of you and me, that, that, that fullness. Jesus is inside of us. So I'm, I'm going to double up on some stuff from a couple of weeks ago, but I just want you to go with me because I, 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 we need to change mindsets. In fact, the church, not just our church, the church, not every church, but a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, we need to change the way we think about stuff, yeah? So when sickness comes or when doubt comes, anyone ever experienced doubt? Yep. Anyone ever experienced sickness? Yep. Yep. I'll keep my hand up. 
Confusion? Anyone experience confusion? Yeah. Um, anxiety grabs hold? Yeah. I, I won't go to those depressive moments because I'll fall backwards. Yeah, like, we all experience stuff like that, don't we? We do. We just do. So when life's throwing those lemons at us, we have inside of us the power to change that. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5 says that the Father will sanctify us. That's what it says in verse 23. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Blameless, yeah? Now, we automatically think, okay, that's the way that we live. This is about the way that we live because we want to keep our mind, our body, our soul blameless, yeah? But I love, I love, because you've got, you've, got uh, you've got to understand and you've got to have a look and you've got to see. It goes to say, ask. The word is ask. May God himself, may God himself, may God himself. There's an if in the may. Can God do everything? Yes. Did he create everything? Is he a good, good father? So when there's a may God himself, there's an if there that I'm going to suggest isn't for God himself, but for those of us that are walking, talking with the living God inside of us that he wants to use. Yeah? So the Message Bible translates it even better. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul and body, and keep you fit. I like that better than blameless. I so like that better than blameless. Because blameless, for me, is talking about having to live a righteous life and it's modifying my behaviour. I've got to change the way that I live. But keep me fit, for me, it's, I'm not thinking exercise. I'm thinking that things just have to be right. And it's not going to be produced by the way that I live. And I know that this is a little bit confusing, but you have to go with me here. It's produced by something more. See, how does God keep our spirit, soul and body fit? How, how does he do that? He, he does that through us. He does that through you and me. Yeah, He, he does that to the beautiful person on your left-hand side. He does it to the person you're confused about on your right-hand side. He, 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 does it, he does it with the person that you secretly want to have a conversation and coffee with that's sitting in front of you. He does it with you, yeah? He does it with you. That's why there's a may, a may that's in there. Because the if's not about him, the if's about us, working through us. He uses us. He lives inside of us. But we need to step out in courage and faith to make this a reality. See, why should we or how can we be a people that rejoice evermore? Because that thing, that circumstance can change because we've been given the power to change it. You've got to grab hold of this because so many Christians live in defeat every day, like completely. So what do I mean by that? I mean we need to pray for stuff, yeah? When stuff comes, we need to pray for it. We need to stand against it. Yeah? We aren't people that are supposed to accept it. We're supposed to put God up front and start marching around the walls of Jericho. Yeah? Too many times in Christianity, we hear things like, God, if it's your will, oh, woe is me, God. Worthless worm that I am. 
If it's your will, God, will you please? Yeah? I don't know about you, but he's inside of me. And the scripture says that I need to lay hands on the sick. And it tells me that I should desire the prophetic gift more than any other gift. It tells me that I can encourage people, yeah, in their faith. So we've got to stop with words if it's his will. And in fact, we've got, I really I despise this in Christianity. So you're sick. Sister, God's just trying to teach you something. You know? He's just trying to teach you, that's all. Now, can God teach you in a situation? By all means. Does God bring the sickness to teach you? Because he's a good, good father. Like not one of us here that are parents or grandparents or uncles and aunties, there's not one of us here that would wish upon our children, I can't wait, I, I really, Mel, if, Samuel, if we can make Samuel sick here, we can teach him this. Do you, anyone have that conversation around their dinner table? Like seriously, you just you plot away on how you can bring sickness to your child so you can teach them a lesson. Like, I mean, that lesson is going to be a good lesson. I'll never forget it again. You know, if only Samuel would not be able to run on his legs for a little while, then he'd value how important it is and he won't look down on others that he, you know, looks down upon because he's better. So we could teach him that lesson if only we could make him sick in his legs. I don't think that. But in Christianity, we hear it all the time. I was speaking to Alan before. Is God, did God put Alan in the chair to teach him a lesson? To teach him something so that he would be more humble? God's a good, good father. God desires for Alan to be healed the same way we desire for Alan to be healed. We have to acknowledge that God didn't put him there. Can God teach him something there? Yes. Has he? Definitely. Was that his choice? No way. His choice is for him to be healed. But yet in Christianity, we want to go around and pretend like, oh God, you know, yeah, to strike that person down and that person down and they're wicked and they need a lesson. And oh my goodness, are you for real? Like, oh, if that was my God, I'd be insanely unhappy. And the only thing that gets me close to insanely unhappy is when my pants don't fit. Like, seriously, why can, and how can people think that? That's not our God. He doesn't orchestrate that. That would remove free will entirely, wouldn't it? I know, I'm going to give you a stutter so you can learn the value of speech. What is that? No, our God doesn't work that way. He wants to keep us fit, mind, body, and soul, Yeah. The may is an if, not because he's choosing whether he will or he won't, because he's waiting for the sons and daughters of God to raise up in the power that they've been imparted and start to make a change to the world, yeah? A couple of weeks ago I asked this. Let's refresh memories. Is there sickness in heaven? Remembering, I'm setting you up for that corner because we pray on earth as it is in heaven, yeah? Is there doubt and confusion in heaven? I wonder if when we get up there, we'll be talking to some of our brothers and sisters and they'll be saying, I really don't like that song. They don't sing the old hymns up here. All they, all they sing up here is Hillsong. I want Bethel. I can't believe that. Like, I really can't believe that. 
Look, there's none of that there. There's no doubt, confusion. There's no vitriol there. There's no criticism there. There's no anxiety. Oh, God's coming. What am I going to wear? Oh, my goodness. I need, what's those really good pair of jeans? Is it religion? What's it called? True religion. I need true religion jeans in heaven so that I will look good for God. Yeah? That's not how it works. Because none of that exists there. But yet, we've got a whole generation of people that are happy for it here. And we wonder why churches in their second and third generation die. We wonder why young people stop coming because they didn't find anything. Well, you know what? Man, if there's no life, there's no life. But we're the ones, we're the bringers of it. May he keep you fit. He's capable. He's waiting for us. Yeah? Ephesians 6.12 says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When you see someone who's sick, fight! Fight! You've got a cold. Do you know what? Oh, I'm sorry, the western suburbs is coming out. That sucks. You've got a cold. You know what? I'm going to pray for you. So you pray, and then they've still got a cold, and they still have to take the medication to free up all of their nasal congestion and their sinus. You know what? But you step down in courage and faith. And then the next time you pray, you pray because they've got a cold. And at the end, you go, how are you? Can you breathe? Nah, they can't breathe. Oh, well, I'm still believing that God wants us fit, mind, body, and soul. So the next, oh, you've got a cold. I'll pray for you, brother. I lay my hands on. Can you breathe? You know what? I can breathe. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, we're moving in the power that's inside of us. When was um, the last overflow? We prayed for, I don't think Ray and Vicky are here, so I won't get them up to share because they're not here. But we prayed for Vicky, Ray's wife. Now, she's not been able to breathe through her nose for seven years. Why? You're thinking, well, that's a lot of snot. <laughs> no, she's got a pull-up, a polyp. Whatever you call it, a pull-up, a pull-up, a pull-up, right? She's got a pull-up in her nose. So we pray for her, yeah? We pray for her and we go, how's that? And she's like, I'll try. And, and she can breathe. She goes, I, I can breathe. I, I'm there. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> because sometimes it catches you by surprise. Because when you don't do it all the time, you don't expect it, yeah? I'm like, are you serious? She goes, yeah, I can. I go, is it 100%? She goes, I don't think so. I go, oh, let, let's pray again. So we pray again. She goes, she goes I can breathe. I go, you can breathe. That's awesome. She goes, Ray, Ray, come over. So her husband comes over. She goes, Ray, I can breathe. So Ben Reeve comes over. We go, oh, she can breathe. She hasn't been able to breathe for like seven years. He's like, that's awesome. And, and then she's like, I've not been able to taste. So I think it was you went to get a biscuit. So Ben goes to get a biscuit. He doesn't get a chocolate biscuit that's sickly sweet that would just cement the healing. He gets a teddy bear biscuit. Like, why doesn't he test God, right? So he gets a teddy bear biscuit, and she's eating this teddy bear biscuit, and she's like, I can taste the butter. There's butter in teddy bear biscuits? She's like, I can taste the butter, Ray. She's got her husband, Ray. I can taste the butter. I got a text from her that week. She'd been to the doctors. Been to the doctors. 
Her husband is rejoicing because he says the first time in seven years the food has flavour. Right? Because now when she cooks, she can taste. Yeah? It's not that his taste is improved, it's hers in her cooking. But in her text, she said that the doctor said that her polyp in her nose is half the size. Because God wants to make us fit. Yeah? Mind, spirit and body. And the may is not for him. The may is for us. Will we step out in faith? Yeah, give him a hand of applause because it's worth bringing glory to God for that. When a friend tells you of their struggle, fight, stand in the gap, that, you know what? That's terrible. Now, whether they should or shouldn't think like that is not your call. People shouldn't be anxious and they shouldn't have depressive thoughts. I have a mother-in-law, Mel's mum, who always suffers anxiety. But to tell her not to think like that generally doesn't work, yeah? But to say, you know what, that's terrible. God doesn't want you to think like that. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray that he changes and he rearranges and he rewires your mind. Because I believe that God can do it. If God does, awesome. If God doesn't, he's still awesome. Yeah? But the may is for us to step out and pray, yeah? When a person shares their doubt and confusion, fight and fight and fight. In fact, get before the Lord and say, I need a word of encouragement for this person. They need to know that you know them. And as soon as you have a thought, you go and you run and you share it. Uplifting, encouraging, strengthening, comforting, yeah? Outside of that, keep it to yourself. It's for you to pray into. Yeah, and share it and watch their countenance change just because you've stepped out. Yeah, living the life that you and I are called to live. You know, I just came from a Church of Christ conference over two days. And all they spoke about was the practicality of church. Wouldn't it be good if a couple of churches got together and they set up a cafe? And then they had a picture, some pictures on a PowerPoint, and there was a times for craft. And time, it was, for me, it was a very, I'm not going to say old, it wasn't a, a, a great way to promote church growth. Yes, it certainly gets us in the community, and yes, we can love people, and yes, we need to do that. But if we do that, and if we focus on the practicality of serving others, because that's what we should do as Christians, then we just become the Red Cross if we're doing it without the power that goes before it. Because the whole idea of doing those things is that in the process, they encounter Jesus. And in the process, they become disciples. And in the process, they go out and lay hands and give words of encouragement and prophetic words and speak in tongues and roll on the carpet and clap and sing and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah? The rest of it is just good works unless it's accompanied yeah, by the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to be who we're meant to be, who we were created to be. You know, I, I, I love sharing the testimony of Vicky, and I'm sure there's other testimonies in the house because it, I've shared here before that it changes our foundation. This is what we believe, but now that someone shared their healing, we don't have to struggle to believe that anymore. We just do because we know the person and they've shared it. And so all of a sudden we're stepping up here. And so what we're now believing for by faith is something that's even greater. And every time someone shares a testimony, as we go out and we start to live a life that's powerful in him, yeah, our faith grows because the foundation that we walk on keeps shifting and moving and moving up. 
you know, you should spend some time, because I just caught your eye, with um, Scotty and Jen and, and, and get some of their stories of God's miraculous work when they were overseas. Stuff that happened as they prayed for people. Just things as they spent time with people they didn't know, speaking a language they were struggling with, because it's built their faith. Because as they've seen God come through, they don't struggle with that anymore. Here's a new foundation to work from, yeah? And that's what it should be for us. Why else should we rejoice evermore? 2 Corinthians 5. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. I love that. Who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident, know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. God, has, God our Father has fashioned us to live a life that's supernatural. Yeah? He's placed his spirit inside of us. Now, it, it actually says in verse 6 that we should be confident, always confident. That word confident is the same word evermore. It's the same Greek word that I can't pronounce. It looks like Pantene shampoo. It's Pantote or something. Yeah? We can be confident forever and there's more. Because yeah? when you've learned to be confident in God for this, because you've seen him come through, you've got more confidence for that. In fact, not only for that, you've now got confidence that he can do that because this is now... You're confident in it. So you are confident forever and there's more. Amen? We live by faith, not by sight. So let's go back to before. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there doubt, confusion in heaven? No. Is there anxiety, depression, pain, jealousy, anger in heaven? No. So when we're going through these things here on earth, we have to decide. It's choices, not chances, that determine our destiny. For we live by faith, not by sight. We make the decision on whether we're going to allow the circumstance that we're in and what we're experiencing, sight, to determine our life. Or we step forward in faith and say, that's not good enough. I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy about being in the chair. I'm not happy about having polyps in my nose. I'm not happy. Not happy about hearing, losing my hearing. I'm not happy about that. I'm, you know what? That's not from God. That's not what ha he has purpose for me. I'm going to stand against that. I'm going to grab a brother, a sister. I'm going to grab a couple of people that I know that, that actually are really good with words of encouragement or, or really good with healing. I'm, I'm going to get them to pray for me. I'm going to get them to lay hands. I'm going to get them to, to be vigilant. And we're going to stand against this thing. And we're going to go to war. And we're going to walk around the Jericho in my life. And when we're ready to shout, those walls are going to come tumbling down. Yeah? Instead of, oh, well, if it's your will, I'll just live with it. And so we have these churches with people that are, have never encountered this power of God, have never experienced a breakthrough, yeah? have never experienced a resurrection because they're still living nailed to the cross, their cross. It's our choices, not our chances that determine our destiny. It was unreal. On Facebook today, for those of you that are on social media, you know it comes up with your memory? It came up with a memory, one of my memories, and I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, I don't recall that, but the memory was a, a, a quote that I put on Facebook in the past. Choices, not chances, determine your destiny. I wrote this over the last few days 
Most of it cleaned up last night. And then it comes up as, yes, that's the one. That's the word. You decide. You decide. So we can't live by what we see and feel. We can't. We can't. We can't. So when we feel rotten, Christian, fight. Yeah? When doubt comes, fight. When sickness comes, fight. When your friends are in a battle, fight. 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 And yes, get into your closet and pray. Yes, do that. But we sang a song earlier today that, I don't even know the name, the first song, but talking about the sound, yeah? The sound is our victory. I can't remember. I'll probably look at it. But something along those lines. It's our sound. It's our sound. Because we actually speak out what we believe. It's from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. It's our sound. So when you find yourself in that situation, make a decision. Choices, not chances, determine your destiny. Make a sound. I am not going to stand for this. I don't believe it's from the Father. I'm with you, brother. I'm going to stand. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay hands. I'm going to do what we have been called to do, and I will not live by what I see, but by what I know in my heart by faith. Amen? Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I'm going to give you the Andrew Battistella paraphrase. Is that okay? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the mountains. My help comes from the Lord that made the mountains. See, mountains can represent a couple of things. They can, they, they can represent some of the, the difficulty in life. Because mountains generally are hard to climb. We're not talking a hill. Yeah? We're talking a mountain. So, and some mountains are impossible to climb. So in life, it represents those hard times. But the top of the mountain, there's always beautiful views. There's always landscape. There's always stuff. There's peaks. You're looking down at things. It's, it's always a thing of beauty. Yeah? And what we do is we, we, we go through life through, through some of these tough times and we, we try to picture our good times, our mountaintop experiences with God. Yeah? And they're good to remember. We need to set up those altars, those things in the past that keep us moving forward. That's really good. But our help doesn't come from those things. Our help comes from the one who sent those things. Yeah? Our help doesn't come from remembering when we were with God. Our help comes from God himself. Yeah? So the psalmist here is saying flat out, you know, we can look to our experiences we've had, we can look to the encounters we've experienced, but that's not the answer. The answer's not in the beauty at the top of the mountain. They're all great. They're amazing. But the, the help comes from the one who created those things, the one who helped me in the past, the one who was there that was beautiful to me, the one who spoke to my heart so tenderly. That's where my help comes from. I just need to shift my focus and we need to live by faith and not by sight. Because can't we say to the mountain to move and it'll get up and move? Yeah. It's the God who created the mountain that brings our help. we just got to step in courage and faith. We've got to believe in the impartation that you've received, that we've received as men and women and children of God. In other words, look to him alone. Trust in him alone. Believe in him alone. Have confidence in him alone. Rejoice in him alone. And no matter what comes, trust him. No matter what you're feeling, look to him. When you need help, believe in him. And in him, I'm totally confident. 
And then you can rejoice ever more, forever knowing that there's more. Now, I reckon that's a pretty good thing. Yeah? Listen to the life that we've been called into. Only possible because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Matthew 10.8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure or cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you've received. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy. That's you. That's me. It's not the person on your left. It's not the person on your right. It's not the minister, the bishop, the pope, the reverend, the pastor, the senior leader, the team leader, whatever their name goes by these days. Yeah? It's not them. It's not the elder. It's not the deacon. It's not the board member. It's not the patriarch of the church. It's not them. It's you. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy. So I go back to my initial question. Why should we rejoice forever, evermore? How can we say that there's more? Because when someone's sick, through Papa in us, we can heal them. When someone's dead, physically and or spiritually, we can raise them to life. Did you know that this century alone has more reported, yeah, reported raising of the dead than any other time in history? Yeah, than any other time in history across the globe, there are more people that have been recorded dead, raised to life, I have no problem believing any of that, by the way. Yeah, I, I can tell you some stories. Than any other time in history. And he calls us. Yeah? Calls us. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy. When people have a disease, we can lay hands on them and see them cured. Yeah? Polyps shrink. Tumors shrink. Yeah? Because... It's inside of us. We just need to let it out. Otherwise, that poor little roadrunner ends up smashing into the glass and dying for those that were here two weeks ago. <laughs> when people are demon-possessed, we can deliver them. Because greater is he who is in us, yeah, in me, than he who is in the world. That's the power that's in us. This is what the world needs to see and encounter. We... I keep saying it, we owe the world an encounter with the living God. You know, for too long, the church has been, become a place where good works happen, where we do the practical and neglect the spiritual. My heart is for us to embrace both, but with the spiritual leading flat out. Yeah? Come on, pastor, take it easy. It's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? <laughs> If you don't believe the testimonies that you hear, then believe this, John 14, 12 and 14. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The may from before is not about him. The may from before that if is about us because anything that we ask him in his name he will do it there is no may there is no if it's us stepping out in courage and faith being bold enough to say i'm going to lay my hands 
on that situation. I'm going to speak to that spirit. I'm going to deliver that voice. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. We need to be a people that stand on the word and do what it says. Amen. Always confident in him. No matter what we experience, we're just going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on fighting. No matter the outcome, we won't settle or water down our theology. We're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on fighting. And in fact, we'll be a people that will rejoice always because we know that there's more always at the end. Just when you think that's it, there's more. Just when you think you've, re- you've experienced it all and you're a happy, clappy, rejoicing Christian, there's more. Yeah. Just when you think you're totally confident in God for everything, he's going to show you something else that you can be confident in. There is always more. You cannot contain him. We are different. You and I are different. <laughs> like we're not of this world. The Bible says we're sojourners. Yeah? I love the King James and, and some of the other versions. We're aliens. I keep going to the movie in that ugly picture, but hey. We're aliens in this world. Yeah? Our citizenship is in heaven. We're ambassadors for him. We should be different, amen? Why don't we stand? Andrew, may I have the keys? Is that okay? I want to open this time for prayer. (laughs) I've even been challenged in the house by some of the men in the house that, that... that I trust and they've said this we need more ministry in the house yeah we do we need more of God moving in his power and might in the house yeah we need to be able to move freely in that if this is the year of freedom amen we need to be a people that freely expect God to move in our lives and in the lives of those around us so I want to continue with impartation I want to continue with healing So my first call is for those that have got a sickness. Whatever it is, you know who you are. Some of you, I know who you are, yeah? Let's believe that God's going to heal it. I want you to come forward. I am calling you to come forward. Regardless of how many times you've received prayer, I am believing by faith, by faith and by faith that we're going to live by faith and not by sight that He's going to heal. So if that's you, I want you to start to come forward. I want to pray for those that don't have a strong faith in the Lord, that maybe don't even know Him. There's a Jesus that loves you, that wants to move in your heart and have a personal relationship with you. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to teach you what that looks like. Because it's really hard to explain what a personal relationship with a God that you can't see, what that feels like and looks like. But I can tell you that He's real. I can tell you that He loves you and that He wants you. I can tell you that He will speak to you when you least expect it. I can tell you that He will guide you. Yeah? When life is so tough. And I want to pray for those again that want gifts imparted to them. That you've always desired to hear from God prophetically, but you just don't. Then come forward. Let's impart that gift. You want to sense the heart of God. Then come forward. Let's impart that gift. You want to be able to have the faith to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Then come forward. And we want to impart that gift. 
Because it can't be left just for the one or twos. It's for all of us, yeah? So while Andrew plays, come forward and we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to believe for a healing, yeah? All those that need a healing, can you just raise your hand for a minute? Cool. Those that aren't at the front yet, who came forward and had Ben pray for them to be imparted with the gift of healing and laying on of hands last week? Can I ask you to come forward and start praying? If you were in one of those groups and you were imparted with a gift, particularly healing, I want you to come forward and I just want you to lay hands. And you don't have to say magical words. All you have to do is believe that God's going to heal them. Ask them what it is. Ask them what the issue is and believe that God's going to touch them. Focus on Him, not on their sickness, yeah? Focus on the one that will bring it. Don't focus on the mountain. Focus on the one who created the mountain. And I want you to start praying right now. If there's people here right now that have got negative thoughts, the suffering with anxiety, bouts of depression, and you cannot shake it, I want you to come forward now. Because you don't have to live like that. You shouldn't live like that. He desires you to be whole, yeah, to be fit, mind, body, and soul. And there are people that got prayer specifically last week for that gift. So start praying. I'm going to keep talking. Just pray. If you, if you got prayer last week, come forward. Come forward and face them. And I want you to stand behind them, inside of them. I'm being purposeful here. Even you, Roscoe, if you don't mind, please. Look them in the eyes. It's the window of their soul. You're praying with intentionality. You are a man and a woman of God. You are a warrior for Him. And wherever you are in your seats, pray for those that are up the front. Pray believing that God's going to move. Pray believing not what you see, but by faith that God's going to do the supernatural. Because He's a supernatural God. Scotty, come forward and start praying. We'll pray for you later. You're not begging God. You're not begging Him to heal. You're laying hands and you're believing for a healing. If you're broken in your spirit, it's because you're sensing the Father heart of God. But we don't beg for healing. We claim the healing. And we lay hands. And we ask God to do what only He can do. All we are is the hands that are extended. Amen. There are backs that need to be restored. There's hearing that needs to be opened. There are minds that need to be freed. There are backs that have just been so woefully twisted and painful that it's just, that's enough. 